0: Is mm-hmm. it? he to bring him by the bay. Raise, raise a song on high. The Virgin sings her own. Joy, joy for Christ is born. The baby's on the This is Christ, the King who shepherds God. Days to bring him on the, the sound of
1: Our uh, reading for tonight comes from the book of Luke, chapter 1, starting at verse 5. It says this, in the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron, and both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless, because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. This is our reading for tonight. You may be seated. Heavenly Father... Um, you know, we just thank you for this opportunity to, to be here tonight, to, to take a step back from you know, the busyness of, of what December often becomes for us. We ask that you would give us guidance during the season, God, just how to maintain a focus on what truly matters, a focus on what you tell us is truly blessed in your eyes, the message of your Son, Jesus, coming into this world to save us from sin and darkness and bringing us into his marvelous light. And we pray this all in his name. Amen. So uh, tonight, we're going to be continuing our walk through the opening uh, chapter of Luke, which we started last Wednesday as well. And um, the passage that we're focusing on tonight is verses 5 through 25, which in a lot of your Bibles might have a, a heading that says, the announcement of the birth of John the Baptist. And... I think this story about John the Baptist is one that kind of gets overlooked sometimes. The, the fact that there's, there's another birth that takes place around the same time that Jesus was born, and rightly so that we focus in on Jesus' birth because ultimately the entire narrative of the Bible is about him, right? But I think sometimes we overlook this story about the other baby that was born, And so that's what we want to kind of focus in on tonight. And specifically, we want to look at John's parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth. You know, in our our reading, what we find out about them is that Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were ordinary Jewish people living in the the nation of Israel during the time it told us of King Herod. And and King Herod was the ruler from the time when we were getting to the end of those years that we called B.C., and then we get into those years that we call A.D. That's when he was ruling. So that's our time frame. And Zechariah and Elizabeth were ordinary Jewish people. It tells us they were descendants of Aaron, Aaron was the brother of Moses, meaning that they were members of the family that all the priests of Israel came from. And while the men were the ones that filled that role of priests, the women that had descended from Aaron also were often encouraged to marry men that were part of that same family line so they could form these kind of priestly families, so to say. And were in fact told that Zechariah was a priest of the Lord at that time. We're also told this interesting fact that both of them were, as it tells us, righteous in the sight of God. They were righteous in the sight of God, it tells us, because they observed his laws and his decrees, and they did so blamelessly. But then it also goes on to tell us in verse 7 at the end of our reading that they were childless. And here what we find is a significant distinction between what God sees and what man sees. Because to not have children is, is certainly a difficult circumstance to walk through. You know, I, I can't speak myself from experience, but from hearing others talk, it's incredibly painful. I can't imagine the pain that goes into that longing to want something so badly, but not getting to see the fruition of it. And, and just as it's difficult to face that in this time in our lives, it's also difficult for the time when Zachariah and Elizabeth faced it as well. Because at that time in, in history, there was no social security system. There was no retirement plan to fall back on. See, as you got into your later years, you were totally reliant on younger family members to support you. If, if you did not have children in place in your family, you had to hope that you could maybe find some distant relative that would take you into their household, or maybe you'd have to spend your life as a beggar during those last years of life having kids was almost essential to survival in that time and on top of that outsiders looking in would assume that you must be cursed by God maybe you had some hidden sin in your life and this was the reason why God was not allowing you to experience that blessing it was viewed as as their fault that they weren't able to have children and, and I think what, what this got me thinking about as I looked at that is, is how often it seems that there's a discrepancy between what God sees and what the world sees, what, what we see sometimes. The discrepancy that takes place between what we would call blessed, but what God says truly is blessed, and just like what Zachariah and Elizabeth faced at that time we we often get things turned upside and we make the mistake of focusing on the wrong things. The thing that is supposed to be the focus for this time of year is actually seen as the distraction. And so that's what I want to talk about tonight. This this difference that that comes up in what we what we focus on and what we are drawn towards because the pull and the draw of material things it's significant, right? It's hard to resist those temptations. You know, we talk about stepping back and taking a time to reflect on what the reason of the season is for. And I don't know about you, but I'm guilty of being very superficial in in how I say that. You know, it it sounds good, right? It feels like it's something that we're supposed to say. But I don't think you and I realize just how deeply those temptations can run to look at the other things that, that are held up as important during this time of year. I don't think you and I realize just how significantly we've been conditioned by this world to be distracted by all the things other than Jesus that come about. We get pulled in by the message that we need to have the latest and greatest shiny new gadget, right, or, or the perfectly planned holiday vacation, we want to be able to say that we've been invited to the most holiday parties, or, or maybe more so that we were able to host the most extravagant Christmas gathering. You know, I, I look around at these magazines that come out and these ads, and I feel like the thing right now is these charcuterie boards. You have to have the perfect, like, meat and cheese tray. And I don't know about you, but growing up, I, I had no idea what the word charcuterie was. You know, our, our, our version of charcuterie board is like a few slices of Oscar Mayer bologna, and maybe like the craft singles, maybe we sprung for, we didn't just have the yellow ones, we had the white ones, you know? That was our version of charcuterie board. Or, or maybe you look around and you see these perfect cups of hot cocoa, right? And when you look at them, like the marshmallows like form a smiley face or something, you know? It's, everything's gotta be just so perfect. But what happens is we get so distracted by making sure that everything is so perfect that we don't get to enjoy it in the first place. And on top of that, when it comes time around to go to church, it's kind of an, "uh, we got to go to church, guys. But hey, when we get back, we'll we'll jump right back into what we were doing before. See, we get focused on the wrong thing, and the, the thing that we're supposed to be focused on actually turns into the distraction for us. How often is being at church the distraction when it should really be the thing that we look forward to, that we value most during this time of year? We get enamored by the things that the world calls blessed. We get it flipped upside down, and in the process, we fail to see what God calls blessed. It's the opportunity to welcome into our hearts Jesus Christ, the only one who could ever actually satisfy those longings that we hold here in our hearts. So the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth, it continues. And I'm just going to kind of summarize it up instead of reading through the verses. But, but we're told that Zechariah, he actually finds himself in Jerusalem at the temple serving out his priestly duty. So at this time in history, there were likely thousands of priests in Israel. And about two times a year, they would have to travel to Jerusalem and spend a week serving in the temple. This was kind of their job that they fulfilled throughout the year. And on this particular occasion, Zechariah gets chosen by Lot to be the one that went in to burn incense. They would burn incense on the inner parts of the temple while everyone outside was praying. And so the prayers of the people were going up to God while the the smoke from the incense was going up to God as well. And Zechariah, at this time we're told, got to be the one to go and burn the incense. And while he's in this inner part of the chamber, an angel appears to him and says, Zachariah, I've heard your prayers. And I've heard the prayers of your wife, Elizabeth. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to have a son. And and not only are you going to have a son, but you're going to have a son that's going to be named John. And he's going to be the one that prepares the way for the Messiah that's been promised for hundreds of years. And so I think what we see is, is just as God used... These people, Elizabeth and Zechariah, that had been looked down upon by the society around them, he used them to bring into fulfillment the greatest promise that's ever been told. He, He used them to prepare the way for the coming Messiah. And I think for you and I, we can count on God to do the same thing for us. That when we focus on those things, that even though the world looks down upon them, that there's blessing to be had in focusing on those very things. And so so what, what I would just want to tell you tonight, what I want to leave you with, is I encourage you this holiday season to maintain a focus on what God calls blessed, rather than what the world around us tries to tell us is blessed. To not get distracted by the shiny, glittery things, but to step back and take time to recognize what we're meant to be focused on And that's what we get to do here tonight, right? We spend time, we sing songs that are proclaiming the name of Jesus. Um, You know, we get to be reminded of the words that have been given to us. You know, just as Pastor mentioned last week, these words have been given to us so that we can have certainty about what we've been told about Jesus, what we've been taught about him. I encourage you, even outside of these times of worship, to, to take advantage of those quiet times that you have at home with your family you know just this past saturday my wife and i had the opportunity to sit down with our girls in the living room and the the christmas tree was on and we were drinking hot cocoa. and i don't want to give the impression that this is life at our house this this was a the exception to the rule we'll just say that but um just got to have a conversation with them You know, we got to find out you know what are their favorite things about christmas what's what's their favorite thing about a Christmas tree? What's their favorite thing about a nativity scene? They came up with all these questions. And it was just kind of, it was so cool to hear their minds work and to get to speak into their lives what, what the focus for the season should be. And so I encourage you, take advantage of opportunities like that. And and even outside the quiet times, you know, the hustle and bustle of, of the Christmas gatherings that we'll be at, there's opportunities to bring the focus back to where it needs to be. You know, as you look at All the traditions that we have, from from Christmas trees to to Christmas lights to some of the cookies and candies that we enjoy, a majority of them all have a Christian kind of symbolism to them. And, And I think that's so cool to get to go back and remind people of the reason we started celebrating this holiday in the first place. It was to recognize Jesus Christ, who had been given to us, It was to to celebrate the coming of the Messiah, the the Savior of the world, the one that this boy John that we're hearing about tonight, the one that he would welcome into this world and into our lives. So so I encourage you all during this season, find time to reflect upon that. And I would invite you now to join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, um, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. And God, we confess to you tonight that, that there are times where we get things kind of flipped upside down, where, where we are convinced that what we're supposed to be focused on, God, actually becomes the distraction. And we just confess that to you tonight. We ask for your guidance on how we can get that focus back to where it's supposed to be, that you would teach us how to also share that message with those around us, those that need to hear that message so so deeply teach people that what will really fulfill their longing hearts is to be connected to you at this time of the year. God, we ask that you would forgive us. We ask that you would give us hope and assurance in that forgiveness that you provide, and we ask that you would give us confidence and joy in sharing the gospel message, the message of your son, Jesus Christ, to to bring us back and help us focus on what is truly blessed in your eyes. And we pray this all in the name of Lord Jesus Christ, the boy who was born a king. Amen. You know, just as we learned from Zechariah and Elizabeth tonight, is that if God calls you blessed, then it doesn't matter what the rest of the world says. And, And I can assure you tonight that God does call you blessed through the work of his son, Jesus Christ. Each and every one of us in here through faith in Christ and through the forgiveness that he provides are truly blessed in his eyes. And so I, I pray that all of you would leave here tonight knowing that that is most certainly true and that that becomes your focus for this season that we have at the end of the year here. So, so God's blessings to you all. I invite you to rise now and join us as we close with a song. to worship with all of you here this evening and let me send you out now with a blessing from our Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Amen.